Welcome back to the Renaissance Show, Ray. Uh, welcome back, everyone, except Dick Newman. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not supposed to laugh. Sorry. I, I will edit out that laugh. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a real name. I'm not, I'm not making that no, no, up. That's, that's his real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not why I'm laughing. Um, Dick anyway. Newman, long-time, long-time fan, supporter of the shows, and we thank him for that, but he sent me an email the other day, saying he was uh, cancelling all of his subscriptions because you laugh too much, basically. So it's my uh, fault. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he did say that. I said that we we try and do comedy history, and he's, he thinks it's more comedy than history. Mm. Personally, I think yeah. that's bullshit. Right. I think in an hour long episode, we do fifty five minutes of history and five minutes of dick jokes and songs. Right. Yeah. But you know, I think that's reasonable. Ten percent. Maybe if the jokes were better. He would have. St- I maybe. Don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. All the song. It's probably my singing. <laughs> uh, Martin Darlington sent us a filthy email about <laughs> my singing. Uh, or Twitter oh, tweet just, the other day. Right, right. Yeah, I well, first of all, fuck, I, he's he's British, yeah. so fuck him. Yeah, yeah. I just met my laugh quota, so I shan't be laughing yeah. anymore on this episode. What, no, what did? What did? Um, what did? Uh, Darn. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's let's time this. Let's see. Right. We're tw- one minute and twenty one seconds into the show. Let's see how long you go without okay. laughing. One minute twenty one. Breathing or okay. laughing? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Oh, you just laughed. Damn you it. failed Start already. Over. Do over. That was Do over. that was that was sixteen seconds. Starting, you lasted. Starting now. No. Okay. Starting one now. minute forty. Right. See how long you last. Leonardo, mm-hmm. we're back on Leonardo. Yeah. Leonardo's first recorded piece of art, Ray, yes. was yes. a monster. Fucking A. Yeah, because that's what artists like to do. They like to get dark and deep, and it wasn't supposed to be a monster, was it? Uh, no, no. So Sorry. the story, as you just did, was just a like... laugh? Fuck. <laughs> oh, God damn. What was that? That was. That's 20, 25 right. seconds. Wow. You yeah, know Dick's what? right. I'm yeah. cancelling I'm canceling <laughs> my subscription to this show. <laughs> Me too. Anyway. Leonardo's father, Piero, right. um, was back in Vinci, and uh, a, a local peasant, a guy who was like a hunter, fisherman, as right. I gather, right. uh, came to him with this little wooden shield that uh-huh. he'd made. And he was like, Hey, Piero, you, when you go back to Florence, you maybe you take this back with you and you get somebody to make it look nice for me. You paint it up. Right, exactly. And P- Piero, Piero liked this guy. He yeah, used this guy, guy for hunting and fishing. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, yeah, he was, he was a handy... Handy tradesman right. guy. You need yeah, them. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure, um, I'll, I'll take it for you. Yeah. Um, and he gave it to Leonardo. He goes back to Florence, gives it to Leonardo, and yeah. says, "Listen, you're an artist. Yeah. Look, what can you do with this?" Right. Leonardo looked at him and goes, "This is the <laughs> biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life." Just, but hey, just paint. You know, it. I'm up just for a challenge. Paint it. Make it pretty. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah. You could, you could, he could have approached it that way. Right. Um, I'm going to read a section from Vasari now. He says, seeing it twisted, badly made and clumsy. Mm. Hold on. No, this is my notes talking about you. Uh, This is when God made you. This is what he thought. Yeah, I remember that Um, day. Anyway. Surprisingly, the same word. He was laughing a lot too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Seeing it twisted, badly made, and clumsy, he straightened it by the fire, right. and having given it to a turner 
from the rude and clumsy thing that it was caused it to be made smooth and even. Right. So first job, he goes, well, this is shit. I'm going to have to fix this. I can't do anything with this. I'm going to have to like- I'm an artist. Just pare it back down, put it in the fire. I'm going to fix it. He then covered it with gypsum and having prepared it to his liking, he began to consider- what he could paint upon it that might best and most effectually terrify sure. whomsoever might approach it, producing the same effect with that formerly attributed to the head of Medusa. Oh, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a shield, right. You wanted to terrify the fuck out of the people yeah. that uh, are coming at you. And as we learned from the Kung Fu TV series of the '70s, the best way to fight is to not fight at all. If you can just scare someone with your shield, boom, that is the mm. Zen master mm. way to go. By the way, yeah. that reminds me, um, yeah. speaking of fighting, right? there's a new trailer just came out, broke out today, uh, for Bob Odenkirk's new film, Nobody. I just saw the um, picture, yeah. Oh, you got to watch the trailer, man. Have you seen any of the John Wick films yet? I've seen the first two. I'm looking forward to the third. Right. Yes. Oh, the third is fantastic. Um, It's the best of the three. Uh, Well, this is made by the same people. And it's basically a very similar premise. Um, Bob Odenkirk plays a character who sort of, as it turns out, was a a hitman or a cleanup guy. Right. And he's been retired for, looks like, for 20 years, got married, raising a family, little suburban house in America. And then some people come in and break into his house and he goes on a revenge killing spree. I hate it when and that happens. And then his his former employers who he owes money to or something uh, figure out where he is and they come after him. Of course they do. And he just becomes this and he's just, you know, John Wick style taking out money. But it's fucking Bob Odenkirk, man. I know. I'm, and it's great because right. Chrissy and I have been uh, getting high every night and watching Mr. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever. I don't know if you've ever seen Mister Show. I've but, heard of it, uh, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, look, it's all on YouTube. You can you can get all the episodes on YouTube. Okay, can't get them on any other streaming service that I can find. But him and him and David Cross, mid nineties, right. one of the early HBO shows, one of the greatest uh, sketch comedy series, ran for three or four years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, just trippy as fuck, very Python esque. Right. Um, so we've been watching that every night, and and obviously we're big fans of Better Call Saul. Yeah. But you know, and now he's doing this John Wick, where he's an action hero kind of thing, and wow. he still looks like Saul. Yeah. But he's an action hero. It's fantastic. Like I'm so I'm I'm, I'm I'm got such a man crush on Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> man. Like he's he's such a fucking genius. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, let me let me continue with uh, Vasari. For this purpose, therefore, Leonardo carried to one of his rooms, into which no one but himself ever entered, right. a number of lizards, hedgehogs, <clears throat> newts, serpents, dragonflies, locusts, bats, glowworms, and every other sort of strange animal or similar kind on which he could lay his hands. From this assemblage, variously adapted and joined together, sure. he formed a hideous and appalling monster, breathing poison and flames and surrounded by an atmosphere of fire. God this dang. he caused to issue from a dark and rifted rock, with poison reeking from the cavernous throat, flames darting from the eyes, and vapours rising from the nostrils in such short... In such... 
such what such I uh, such sort such so I guess that the result was indeed a most fearful and monstrous creature. At this, he laboured until the odours arising from all these dead animals <sighs> filled the room with a mortal fetor, yeah. to which the zeal of Leonardo and the love which he bore to art rendered him insensible <laughs> or indifferent. So he now, paint the damn shield like Captain America. Be done with it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, what I, I don't understand. Right. Like, okay, so he cut up all these bits and pieces of animals sure. and stuck them all together, but he must have... Coated them in something, right. so they, you know, obviously to solidify them to keep them on the shield. I don't yeah. know what he covered them in. You got any guesses? Where he covered them in like a resin or Semen? something? Maybe. No, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, obviously, he covered them in semen first. But uh, what I'm talking about oh, is after oh, the semen. No. But you know, I, what? I, I did want to share something with you real quick. Obviously, you probably was it semen. Well, no, I have superpowers. You, you probably know, duh, really. But my weakness, I've never told anybody this Young before. Young boys? Glowworms. So when you said glowworms glow on that list, I'm like, oh, I couldn't defeat this shield. Or whatever the fuck it is now. I don't even know if it's a right. shield anymore. But anyway, glowworms. Yeah. Anyway. We went uh, a month or so ago. We took the fox to a glowworm cave down at the Gold Coast. Nice. Uh, in the Gold Coast Tinterled, where we went hiking that time and we found the lemon tree. Do you remember that, the lemon tree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't sound like you really do remember I that. do because you, it was near where out? we went to that bar where the topless women were at. We all walked in there yeah. with, the, with the kids. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. That's right. And they'll never My forget it bar. either. Yeah. Yeah. Those, They'll be like, did I tell you that time? That about 14 people, yeah. that much bitch of kids, and then there's boobies all over the place. Oh my God. They have a story <laughs> for life. But anyway, I digress. So we went to a glowworm uh, <laughs> cave that they had right? there. Uh, like it's a, it's a, you know, a thing. Yes. I've been to um, one. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Glowworms. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Love glowworms. Anywho. Yes. So then when Piero finally came to get it, he'd forgotten all about it. The guy who'd been like, this took Leonardo God knows how long, a year, a year maybe. <laughs> then finally he called Piero up and he goes, oh, that thing's ready. And he's like, what thing? Oh, yeah. that chill. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Captain I totally America. forgot about that. Shield. Yeah. Yeah. Piero finally comes to get it. He knocks on the door. Leonardo goes, hold on a minute. Uh, went inside, blew out all the candles, <gasps> created an atmosphere, right. just positioned the shield, just the right spot that some light from a window Captured it, just Testing the right it. angle, Right, coming out of the shadows. And he goes, all right, come in. <laughs> Piero comes in, right. sees this thing, thinks it's a real <laughs> monster, threw up, <laughs> shit his pants, Added drew his sword. Smell. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leonardo jumped out and went, wait, wait, Jesus <laughs> Christ, come the fuck down. It's a work of art, Dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an artist. Now, Piero decided he couldn't give this horrific piece of shit to the peasant, probably right. die of a heart attack. right. So, I don't know, he told them that it had been broken or lost or something and bought the guy a replacement. That's guy was happy. Everybody, yes, it's a way to go. But then, oh, shit. at some point later on, he turned around and sold it to somebody else. Now, I don't know if he was being sneaky or if he was trying to do the right thing. He's, well, he, and he's like, oh, I can't, a- I can't give this to the guy. He'll fucking yeah. shit himself. I'm he's just going to... I'll just... Right. He's leaving it lying around his, right. his office, his notary office. Right. 
And somebody saw it and said, hey, fuck, that's, a, that's amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that off you. I don't know whether he was being a sneaky right. cunt or not. Right. He, he went, this is, this is Leonardo da Vinci's first <laughs> fucking uh, Ta-da! P- piece of work. Right. I'm going to clean up yeah. with this. Um, anyway, he sold it to a guy who sold it to a guy who sold it to a guy who sold it to a guy. And uh, <clears throat> Vasari wrote, later, Sir Piero sold the butler of Leonardo secretly to some merchants in Florence for a hundred ducats. Damn. And in a short time, it came into the hands of the Duke of Milan, having been sold to him by the merchants for 300 ducats. Oh, my God. So That's everyone made a lot of money. So what, 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 can, we, what can we take from this story about mm. Leonardo? Um, that, he, and I really do believe this, because we're going to get into this later with some of the paintings. He doesn't see the world the way you and I see it or other people sees it. He sees things in his own weird way or he sees the potential in things. And I think almost anything can spark his imagination. And like you said, he's working on this thing for a long time. It smells to high heaven. It doesn't seem to bother him. He just keeps adding on animal parts, probably glued with semen together. And to him, it's, it's one of his first creations. I'm sure he was very proud of it. And all he was supposed to do was paint the motherfucker. So again, I think he just lives on a different plane than the rest of us. I imagine, like, if he's making it for a serious shield, right? He might have coated it in uh, iron or lead, or they'd be too fucking heavy. Then I don't know. Coated it in some sort of metal and then painted over the metal. Yeah, scary. I'm still trying face. to work out. Yeah, yeah. it's like no. How, I how see you... the potential. He saw the potential in it. Cut up dead animals and right. stick them onto a shield and make it an effective shield. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. Look, I think this. Like, this is a. I don't know how much mythology is in this story, but, right. um, it, you know, it ended up in the hands of the Duke of Milan, according to Vasari. So, yeah, where, you know, we know Leonardo ended up too in Milan. So, sure. um, I, I imagine there is some truth to this story, but, it, it, you know, I, I think it, it says a lot about Leonardo's character. Like he's he's hardcore from, yeah. and he's, he's in Verrocchio's studio. He's probably... I don't know how old he is at this stage. Uh, it might be 15, 16. He's mm-hmm. young. He's ambitious. And he's, uh, you know, he's he's bold. He's experimental. And right. he's fascinated with nature, with animals, with the workings of nature from a very young age and yeah. willing to do creepy shit um, <laughs> in order in to... For the sake of art. Pro- yeah. yeah, in order to produce the best result. Uh, like, he knows no bounds. Right. And that's an artist. He will, go- he will do anything yeah. to, yeah, perform the best work. Later on, when he wrote uh, a book about painting, he wrote, If you wish to make an imaginary animal invented by you appear natural, let us say a dragon, take for the head that of a mastiff or hound, mm-hmm. for the eyes a cat, for the ears a porcupine, Fucking porcupine has ears. What? <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, know. I thought they just said like holes in their head. I've never know. gotten that close. And, yeah. And for the nose, a greyhound, and the brows of a lion, the temple of an old cock, the neck of a terrapin. But now that I, I read that out, that basically sounds like a description of you, right? <laughs> Well, part of uh, it, but uh, how, do yeah. you, how do you get all those various parts? Do you walk up to the line and go, look, this is going to hurt either way, but I'd really appreciate it if you hold still while I cut off a piece of your body. Cool? Cool. I mean, where does he get yeah. these parts from? But anyway. From the from the creepy dead animal shop, I guess. <laughs> On the corner of 5th and Main. I got you. I've been to that one. All right. Yeah. 
One of the exercises in Verrocchio's studio, just moving right along, yeah. was the drawing of drapery. Drapery, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, clothing, uh, yeah. uh, curtains, uh, rugs, carpets, uh, hangings, yeah. robes. You get look at any Renaissance painting, and this is always one of the most impressive components of it. I think right. is their ability to deal with cloth, and it's they they kind of had a hard on for it because it <laughs> it was really a demonstration of your ability to portray volume, depth, light, shadow. Yes. Yeah, you know, one of the trickiest things I think in uh, the world of painting is is to depict how cloth folds and light bounces off it and the shadows and all that kind of stuff. They love them some drapery. They love them some Don drapery. Uh, I love a bit of Don drapery too. Uh, I'll take let some. Me, let me play it. Yeah, here's a bit of Don drapery. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. It goes backwards and forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. It let's us travel the way a child travels. Around and around, and back home again. Place where we know we are loved. Oh. I like that. What was he selling? Tires, wheels, cars. You've, you've never watched Mad Men? I don't remember. I've seen most of it. I haven't seen all of it, and I don't. Oh. No, that's well. That's that's the last episode of season one. That was oh. when the show just fucking blew up. He's. It's Kodak. Kodak have invented this the slide projector. Right. They're calling it the wheel. Um, and he's like, no, it's no. not the wheel. It's the carousel. And nice. he gives he gives this big speech where he actually sells the fuck out of it and he's projecting <laughs> photos of him and his family and him and Betty and kissing and all this kind of stuff right. and giving this impassioned speech about family. Yeah. 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 But the but the but but the thing is which nobody knows, is none of the photos are real. They're uh, photos that were taken for, I think, an ad campaign (laughs) of (laughs) him and Betty. Like, uh, his relationship with his wife and his children's fucked, but he's he's using them to pitch. And this great thing I should have played right at the end. After he does this big speech, everyone's seeing the lights come up, everyone's sitting there dumbstruck. Roger says... To the guys from Kodak, good luck with your next meeting. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, we just fucking nailed that. Uh, you know, you're yeah. not going to get anything better than that. So, Good luck. T- Good yeah. luck. We Take just care. nailed it. Right. Yeah. Nice. It was that, like. The first season of Mad Men was interesting and it was good and it was weird. But, I, you know, when that, when he did that, I just went, oh, fuck me, this yeah, show. That's poet. fantastic. Right, I love yeah. the words. Yeah. Nice. Any, anywho. Yeah. Um, Don Draper, yes. Right. Now, according to Vasari, uh, Leonardo would make clay models right. of figures, draping them with soft pieces of cloth dipped in plaster and would then draw them patiently right. on thin sheets of cambric or linen in black and white with the point of the brush. Fucking now, show off. Right. Now, because what, Yeah, because he's doing this. Now, everybody else, all the other students in the workshop, they're just delicately drawing black and white brush strokes onto linen. No, he's creating a 3D model and only then drawing something. And he's even drawing his technique for drawing with a light brush strokes is even different. So like the shield just a couple of minutes ago, he's taking a very simple assignment, turning it on its head and taking it to the next level. That's just the way this guy operates. I don't know why I couldn't just get some cloth and hang it over a chair and practice no, on that. I don't know. Don't, no, don't know why no, he needs to build no. a model. It's got to have at least twenty-seven steps to it, or it's not a Leo project. I'm sorry, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it, yeah, but this guy just literally thinks differently than everybody else. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is his idea or if it's something that Verrocchio was doing in his studio, right. telling students to do that. Might have been his idea, might have been Verrocchio's idea, but Vasari attributes it to Leonardo. Mm-hmm. So I assume it's Leonardo's uh, idea. Right. Leonardo later wrote, uh, the first intention of the painter is to make a flat surface display a body as if modelled and separated from this plane. Mm. And he who surpasses others in this skill deserves most praise. Yeah. This accomplishment with which the science of painting is crowned arises from light and shade, or may we say, chiaroscuro. Yes. Chiaroscuro, light, dark. Yeah. I mean, in, to literally when he builds this little model before he starts drawing, he can put it in different parts of the room. He can see it at different times of the day when the when the sunlight is hitting it. So when he goes to do his drawing, he's going to be able to capture the folds, the waves of the drapery, the subtle light, as if it was a real person. So like you said, you take a two-dimensional plane, but you make it appear three-dimensional. That is the exact job of an artist, of a real artist. And Leonardo became a master at light and shade. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when we dig in, start to dig into his uh, paintings, we see a lot of where he really surpasses the, the other guys that were around at the time, the, mm-hmm. the, the Verrocchios, the Botticellis, etc. really comes with his depiction of light and shade and what is known as fumato, uh, uh, blurriness, yeah. focus. He really starts to fuck with that. He becomes an expert in the way that light uh, caresses yes. an object, uh, the the glistening of luster or, or a sheen on, uh, on water or on cloth material, yeah. on hair. Uh, the the contrast of a fold to the shadow, he becomes the Don Draper of Draper. Basically, he's the he's the master craftsman, right? Of Tassiton, light, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, 
I, I have to say real quick, that was my favorite part of what he was able to do, because we'd already talked about some art, and we obviously we've looked into the future, what he can do. But when you get to, to the sfumato, I mean, when he's literally, t- he, he sits there and he thinks for a second, he goes, if I'm drawing a person, it should be like you looking at a person. There should be no hard lines. There should be no edges, because it's all 3D. That's not the way it works. So sfumato is, you know, allowing tones and colors to gradually come together. And so it's not a hard edge. It just kind of disappears because it's going around to the other side. And that's his idea. I want to be able to draw like someone is really standing there. And so either he or he and Verrocchio or Verrocchio is inspiring him, but he is going to be pioneering things left and right and taking established Tech, uh, taking established techniques to a whole new level. Well, well, as as we'll see, probably yeah. in the next episode. Yeah. Um. Very very quickly, he outpasses Verrocchio. Verrocchio's like he's a kid. Yeah. Verrocchio's like fuck. I'm, I'm out of five thousand. I'm not Where's doing my this paintbrush? Yeah, yeah. Shove it up my ass because yeah. I'm not going to be using it anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but you know Botticelli and Verrocchio and the other masters of the day, right. I mean, they they understood drapery. I mean, Botticelli painted beautiful, beautiful drapery. But when you look at it, it seems doesn't seem real. It seems heightened. It seems right. it's a beautiful, good but yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. I, like I pulled out um, Botticelli's Venus again, mm-hmm. um, and if you look. At uh, some of the drapery in that, the birth of Venus. So I'm just going to pull it up yeah. now, so I have it in front of me. You, so you look at uh, the uh, the whatever the fucking angels that are coming in from the left, and they they've got cloth wrapped around them that's blowing in the wind. Right. I mean, it it's there's there. light, there's dark. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it's um, pleasing. But it it just doesn't look necessarily real, and the, it doesn't stand the, out from the page. Sorry, the robe yeah. that the robe that um, I don't know the angel of spring is the goddess of spring is trying to wrap around Venus's yes. gorgeous breasts. Um, again, it it looks beautiful, yeah. but it just doesn't quite Pop. look real. There's something popping. a little bit. Fake and stiff about it. Right. Don't get me wrong. Far better than I could fucking do yeah, in yeah. a million I'd be years. A stick figure. I mean, yeah. James Caffin does this kind of stuff, but no, no fucking way I could even begin to do this in a million years. Right. But um, but 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 when you look at Da Vinci's stuff, particularly like his later work, I mean, it's almost photographic realism. Like you feel like you can touch the cloth. Yes. The the way that he blends the shade and the light, the chiaroscuro, I think, is really takes it to a whole new level. You have to pay attention and really look closely. Obviously, the artists at the time could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. But for us, we go, oh, well, you know, as ignorami, <clears throat> we go, oh, well, that's just, you know, it's all, it's all great. Yeah. But when you actually drill down into it and you spend a lot of time, as I have done in the last week or so, just... Trying to look at the differences between the two, Leonardo stuff, you know, just you know, shits all over Botticelli. (laughs) Fuck you, Botticelli. And he's just getting started. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, now the way that Leonardo did this apparently was he would add black pigment to the color that he was painting the cloth with. Slowly darkening it, right? So he wouldn't just use black to paint the shadows. He would slow, slightly darken the colors and paint it on in very thin layers, 
So there's a very, very gradual um, going from light to dark. Right. Which, I mean, I guess we, we that sounds like common sense today. We go, well, of course. How else would you do it? Right. But, but you know, then. this is we're, 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 yeah, we're thinking about this 500 years later. Yeah. Um, apparently, at the time, revolutionary shit. Other artists would go shadow, boom, black, no problem. I'll just <laughs> whack some black on there. Black and, and Leo's not black. like, well, no, bl- right. <laughs> black's not really black. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like D'Angelo, when he That's, takes his clothes off, I mean, he's got like parts yeah. of them are darker because of the sun. Anyway, the point is there are various stages of That's blacks, like, and my wife likes them all. Yeah, it's why it's why Obama could become president. <laughs> right, he was black, but he wasn't that black. black yeah, you know, he yeah. was acceptable. He was, a, he was half black. Right, yeah, acceptable yeah. level of black. <laughs> my God. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I don't know, just offending people. Just <laughs> it's kind of our superpower. Not not Dick Newman though. No, he won't be offended he's, he's anymore. He's gone. No, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. And yeah, I like the fact that he wrote big long email to explain oh, why he was canceling. Like I really appreciate when people go to a stream. I'm like. I feel like saying, Dick, doesn't matter. Right. Don't need the long fucking explanation. Yeah. Don't need war and peace. Hit, just hit you got to quit, quit. Hit cancel. Cancel. Done. That's, yeah. yeah. Like, get just, on with your life. Do I come? Don't think about us. Just get on. Do I, do I really need the fucking letter? No. I think, I, like, I think he wants to let you know why he was leaving. And just maybe if he just, yeah. if he worded it just right, maybe break your heart just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and gone. say it didn't take. Your heart's your heart's fine. Your heart's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my heart's fine. Mm. Uh, uh, well, it, it isn't. It isn't there. It's, <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci. I cut it up and so, pasted it on a shield many years ago. That's actually yeah. smart. Um, yes. Now Vasari uh, says that Leonardo invented sfumato, mm-hmm. the technique of blurring contours and edges. In a, in a way to make a 2D painting look like parts of it are out of focus. Yeah. yeah. Art historian Ernst Gombrich. Good name. Calls sfumato Leonardo's famous invention, the blurred outline and mellowed colours that allow one form to merge with another and always leave something to our imagination. I never so, knew that he invented... I mean, and the more I start getting into Leonardo... Right. He like the amount of things that he invented. He was like the fucking Orson Welles of painting, right. man. Like just invented yeah. all of these techniques Jeez. that uh, changed painting. Like I, I previously thought of him in terms of his painting as a great painter. He wasn't just a great painter. He invented a whole bunch of techniques mm-hmm. that other painters yeah. uh, learned from him. And if, and if I can add on to that, uh, I was thinking before we started this, a person would get some paint paint on a canvas or whatever and and that's the end of it they paint something i see it i think about something or i feel something end of discussion no but but with leonardo it's like yeah um he's like with no sharp lines enigmatic glances and smiles can flicker mysteriously so you are a part you have a role to play in viewing this painting you don't just look at it snap a picture in a museum and walk by you become a part of it in the fact that you're observing it uh he's he's painted in such a way that you know did that move or, or you, you know, what am I looking at here? And so again, you are part of the process. He's incorporating you in that as well. Again, cutting edge stuff from this kid who's probably not yet quite 20 years old. 
Now, sfumato, uh-huh. S-F-U-M-A-T-O, comes from the Italian word for smoke, fuma, which I just learnt recently in my Duolingo Good for course. you. Uh, fuma, right. smoke, sfumato. Mm-hmm. Fuma. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that in a different Good. app. I think I... I've got a bad app. Anyway. Smoky, quasi-Chinese bad guy. Um, Leonardo wrote, Your shadows and lights should be blended without lines or borders in the manner of smoke losing itself in the air. Right. And... I know if, um, Mona Lisa. We, we're not. We're a long way from getting up to the painting of the Mona Lisa. But if you pull that up mm-hmm. and zoom in on her famous enigmatic smile, you see that it's actually blurry. The smile, her, her where her lips join, right. and the lips themselves are a little bit blurry when you zoom in on it. Which you can do if you get a good high res scan. They're out there. If you go to the like the Wikipedia uh, entry for the Mona Lisa, you can get like a three thousand pixel version. Oh Zoom God. in on it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's blurry. So even in things like that, it's not just backgrounds mm-hmm. stuff like that where he did you know blurry stuff. But even on the smile, the focus, the center point of the painting, you use a little bit of sfumato there. So you're like, what's what's going on? Yeah. I mean, it draws you in. You have to like pay attention. Hold on. Yeah. Your brain goes, hey, what? Yeah. something's, Why something's not quite right there. Is that you're my trying vision? To, trying to zoom in. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Is that me yeah. or him? Did I, did I pay too much yeah. to get in here? Because this painting looks messed up to me. <laughs> I want to reflect. <laughs> but yeah, he's making you an active participant. Now, in 1471, when Lorenzo de' Medici uh, invited Galeazzo Maria Sforza to visit Florence when he was trying to get him on board to help them fight against uh, their enemies, I think the Pope, uh, Verrocchio's workshop, along with the other major artist workshops at the time, were involved in the preparations and the festivities. Oh yeah, because you know uh, the the Medici are putting out tons of money. They want to sh- they want to sh- basically show off their wealth. They want to show off Florence, and they want to bedazzle or whatever word I'm trying to say, dazzle Galeazzo Schwarza here, the Duke of Milan. So when he comes in, we want to rock his world. And you're right, Verrocchio's um, uh, workshop was given two specific tasks to do. And again, everybody else is working as well, but they want to show this guy what they're capable of. So hopefully he'll come on and be an ally. They've got to wow him. Now, Galeazzo brought his younger brother, Ludovico Sforza, mm-hmm with him on this trip. Now, you'll remember from the first episode of our Leonardo series where we uh, talked about the job application that Leonardo (laughs) wrote. That was to Ludovico Sforza. But at the time, when he came to Florence, he was 19, the same age as Leonardo. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they, they met, probably not. Would have been, you know, Leonardo was like an apprentice artist. Yeah. Yeah. But he probably saw him in a parade, uh, something going on. Now, it was uh, Verrocchio's workshop that was given the job of redecorating the Medici's guest quarters where the Sforza were going to stay. Put a monster in there. And also... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's that smelly thing? That, sir, I give you art. Verrocchio... Yeah, sorry. No, Verrocchio was like, uh, by the way, don't give it to Le- Leonardo. Do not, any, no one let Leonardo under no in the bedroom. Terms, under no There'll conditions. There'll be fucking dead yeah. animals everywhere. <laughs> like, Covered yeah. in semen. I don't need that. 
I don't need that. And I said, what's the problem? They go, it smells. He goes, I, I don't smell I don't anything. Sm- uh, <laughs> I just see the yeah. beauty of it. They were also given the job of creating some gifts for uh, Galeazzo, including a suit of armour and a helmet. Oh, yeah. What could go an wrong? An ornate helmet. Right. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, we, we, we don't have these things. They haven't survived, right. unfortunately. We don't even have uh, pictures of them, to the best of my knowledge. But Leonardo's most famous early drawing that has survived is of a craggy-looking Roman soldier wearing an ornate helmet, and it's possibly similar to the one that the studio made for Galeazzo Sforza. I just have to ask real quick, if you were um, Sforza and you came into town and someone handed you this helmet and this breastplate, um, what are your initial, what's your initial reaction uh, to this? Just curious. Uh... Thank you. <laughs> what do I do with it? Do I put it up on sticks like Thanos' uh, uniform? Himself? You know, I, what, what, do I, what do I do? What do I do here? Thank well, you. Well, no, they, they, they use it to go to war with. You know, the mm. Sforzas were uh, oh. condottieris. Yeah. They were soldiers, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and you, you, wear it, you wear it on, you know, you wear it when you're marching in a parade, you know, going into a new city. You put yeah. it on. You go, hey, look at look me. At I'm a badass, look, look, look at the lion. Yeah. Anyway, just wondering. Now this this uh, this uh, drawing that Leonardo did, which I have in front of me, uh-huh. uh, draw. I posted it up in the Facebook page. If anyone wants to see it, the Renaissance Facebook page, drawn with a silver point stylus on tinted paper. Oh, cool. silver point uh, drawings were made by dragging a silver rod or a wire across a surface that had been usually prepared with a primer or gesso. Mm-hmm. as they call it. Um, so there's a mixture of chalk and gypsum and pigment. It's like a base that they used. Right. Um, yeah, it was used for a lot of different things. It was used for scribes, uh, silver point, this is, uh, writing on wax or bark, but uh, Leonardo used it to draw this picture. Now, uh, if you don't have it in front of you, I'll give you a description of it. It's sort of, um, it's got a pointy front to this helmet. It yeah. looks like dragon wings on the top of it coming off. Lots of Above each ear. swirls. Right. Uh, what was that? Off each ear? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the dragon's wings. Yeah. yeah. Lots of, like, I don't know, uh, planty type uh, fronds mm-hmm. coming off of it, uh, spirals, curls. And then the breastplate oh, yeah. has a. A three-dimensional lion's head coming out of the front of it with its mouth open yeah, and its it tongue coming out. Well, yeah, tongue's Nothing scarier come out. <laughs> than a lion showing its, showing you its tongue. <laughs> well, see, the, uh, the tongue threw me off. If you don't have the tongue, the lion is roaring. If you put in the tongue, the lion is yawning. I was very confused by that. Oh, I think it's, it's licking its lips, Oh, maybe. it's like... Victory. Like, I can taste a victory. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm good at foreplay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, Got that's it. what it's doing. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a it's a brilliant drawing. Yes. Lots of lots of detail. Lots of shading. And again, he was 19. Yes. I mean, if if in fact he drew this, I don't know. We know the exact uh, date of this, but it's assumed, right. I think, by art historians, that it was probably 
drawn around the time when they were coming up with a model uh, to they were coming up with ideas to build this thing for Sforza. Mm-hmm. So he was 19 when he drew this. And you look at this and you're like, holy shit. I could never. Like, yeah. fuck me. Stick figure. Yeah. Again, well, 19. stick figure. <laughs> <laughs> Even a stick figure yeah. lion. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Just incredible. No, I mean, like, like there are 19. Like, Alex Kynaston could have drawn this when she was 19. She's 21. She just graduated from art college. Oh, nice. Did you know that last week? No. Two weeks Good ago. Good for maybe? her. Congratulations. Little Alex has graduated from art uh, college. I think she's uh, going to try to work out what she's going to do next year. But I've seen her work. She's been selling her work. Amazing. She's an amazing yeah. artist. But yes, for mere humans like you and I, <laughs> no fucking no, way. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't draw like one piece of this uh, well, let alone the whole thing right. ever. Yeah. Um, now, we know from Vasari that Verrocchio created sculptured reliefs of two heads in metal, one representing Alexander the Great in profile mm-hmm. and the other a fanciful portrait of Darius, the Persian king, Alexander's oh, enemy. They're unfortunately, again, lost. Right. But there are various copies that were made. There's one in the National Gallery in Washington, D.C., which is a marble relief of uh, young Alexander the Great. It's attributed to Verrocchio in his workshop. And it looks very similar to this drawing of Leonardo's, except it's a a young man, not an older soldier. Do you have? I posted this to Facebook as well. Do you have the marble relief in front of you? Yeah, I like the dragon on the head, ready to just do battle, ready to go. Yes. Yeah, it's a mini dragon on top, and the 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 helmet looks like it's made out of a, a conch shell yes. or something. It's, yeah, with a visor uh, thrown on top of it. Yeah, yeah, with an ornate visor. The uh, breastplate has got like an angry uh, okay. angel with wings. Right. And uh, something on the shoulder looks like a, a naked uh, nymph and uh, some sea god yeah. uh, with his arm around and her. And staring know. at her breasts, which, again, is what I would be doing. But that is beautiful. That mm. The detail is absolutely... Look, look below the, uh, the sea nymph, um, the faces on those... What do you call them? Pleats? I don't even know what to call them. But below that, you see those faces uh, going... It would be going down the oh, arm yeah. and the shoulder. That is incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. And the folds of the toe. Yeah, and this is marble. Beautiful. Yeah. It's marble. Yeah. Somebody carved this fucking nope. thing out of marble. I can't. Like, I would make uh, a mistake and be like, marble. no, like, done. I quit. Well, yeah, marble's like the hardest rock <laughs> known to man. <laughs> you get it right. We make, yeah. we make staircases out of marble for <laughs> that, a good reason. Last, and they they yeah. were able to carve this into marble, man. Marble? It's a marble marvel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's my super name. Yeah, but 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 when you compare that to Leonardo's drawing, very very similar, but he has he's like pared it back. Yes, uh, in some way he's simplified. It doesn't have a full dragon on the helmet, but it has dragon wings coming off the side right. of it. He simplified it, uh, made it much more. I don't know. Um, Elegant, Almost I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Streamlined, yeah, it's a good word for yeah, it. Less to focus on, but more to admire I got a at quote, the same time. I got a quote here from one of the books. Okay. I'm not sure where I got this from, but it says, what Leonardo's simplifications achieved was to make the beholder's eye focus on the profile heads of the warrior and lion, uh-huh. i.e. on the relationship between the man and the animal. 
So they're the two things that jump out at you in his drawing, and you're like, "Yeah, all right." I, so there's a there's a thing going on here. This guy is an old lion. He's an old angry lion. Right, he's seen he's things. He's got an angry look on his face yes. too in Leonardo's drawing. Yes. He's looking. Arr, arr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pare it down, but still, it's beautiful. It's elegant. And, and again, Leonardo is getting you to focus on things that he wants you to focus on. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship between the artist and the viewer. Now, also during this time, Leonardo developed a bit of a reputation around Florence um, as something, uh, some, as, as a bit of a, a snazzy dresser, right? Oh, okay. And um, somebody actually wrote a song about him at the time. Thank God. Thank Christ. Clean shirt, new shoes, and I don't know where I'm going to. Silk suit, black tie, I don't need a reason why. They come running just as fast as they can, cause every girl's crazy about a closet. Ah, oh, fuck. There you go. Sharp dress man. I got my oh, doublet, leather boots, and I am looking at you. Yeah, sorry. I got carried People away. don't realize that was a, that ZZ Top covered that. I did not. I mean, Leonardo's that. version of that song was very different. I mean, it was done on a <laughs> With a heart. Loot. Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But uh, they just, they just, you know, upgraded. Threw the electric guitar in there and yeah, still. Apparently he loved a, he loved a good brocade doublet. Yes. uh, According to Vasari. And look, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, Snazzy Who doesn't love a brocade doublet? Snazzy. Yeah. Um, Personally, I prefer my doublet and leather and lace, but hey. It's just a matter of to personal preference. Own. Yeah, yeah, because the brocade part of the doublet was, you know, usually silk woven with a raised pattern with tip uh, gold or silver thread. So if you had one of these, obviously you were showing off your wealth and you wanted to be noticed. And this guy, like you said, he's, he's starting to design these things. He's just, I don't know, what do you call it? A renaissance man. <laughs> if you want to, if you're trying to picture kids at home, what a brocade doublet looks like, think Robin Hood. Yes. Yeah, there's your brocade double. Yeah. But a yeah. lot all, nicer. All the, all the three musketeers. Yes. Think of three musketeers, yeah. Robin Hood. Tight there's men's your brocade double. Yes, exactly. Or, or, or a fancy uh, somebody in Game of Thrones. Uh, there you go. Like a fancy they swordsman in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Brocade double. Yeah, and I'm yeah. getting turned on. Leather. Leather and lace. Leather and lace. Uh, now, he loved theatrics is the point of yes. all of this, right. Leonardo. Not just in the way he dressed, but literally in terms of designing actual theatrical scenery and stage machinery, a lot mm-hmm. of which turns up in his notebooks, although we don't know if he actually ever staged anything, right. but he thought about it a lot. I think yeah. he was really just a frustrated frustrated stage designer of Cirque du Soleil had existed back then. <laughs> oh, I'm we probably yeah, we yeah. wouldn't have the Mona Lisa. He right. would have been he would have been in Las Vegas. I think it worked out. Uh, putting on shows to yeah. to to Beatles yeah. tunes. Yeah. The show must go on. 
Yeah, yeah. But I think there was some of the things in his drawing he would, maybe he didn't build the machinery for a pageant or a play or whatever, but maybe he went there, he saw it, and he was um, interested in the machinery and would make notes, jot something down. So again, his brain is just absorbing everything that he finds fascinating, and some of it ends up in his book. Do you remember when uh, that listener of ours got us tickets to yeah. the Beatles show in yeah. Vegas? Was that Kit? I wonder who was that was. Who was that? But what if he still listens? Gary, better. Unless we, unless I laugh too much. And if I do Gary or whatever your name is, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really. It was a Gary. It was somebody who worked it. Yeah, somebody that the worked venue there. But I can't or remember the his casino name. or yeah, yeah. He worked there and he got. If us. you're still listening, whoever you were, reach out, say hi, and yeah. thank you so much. That was uh, that was wonderful. Yeah. Now. Some of the gears and cranks that appear in Leonardo's notebooks might, according to historians, have been for theatrical machinery that he planned or envisioned, possibly the flying machines like the famous aerial screw that people often say was the precursor to the, you know, where he invented the helicopter. Right. Might have been something for the theatre. Yes. Uh, just designed as a spectacle, something that could fly up into the air under its own auspices, but not to actually carry a human. He left detailed notes on how to build and operate it, but never mentions anyone riding in it. So it might have just been something that would fly up in the middle of a stage show or something. Yeah. Well, what I find interesting is that, I mean, we are talking about Florence here. We are talking about there at the beginning of the Renaissance. And you've got to think that they are a very urbane crowd. They're becoming more sophisticated in, in their taste. And so you can't just put on a play anymore. You suddenly have to have detailed, you know, backdrops and you have to have maybe some kind of wench or a hoist or something where part of the actor, maybe someone playing Jesus who's died, who can be raised up and they're going to heaven or whatever. So they've got to get more, uh, they've got to get more sophisticated. They've really got to put on a show and that's all about engineering and art coming together. And you've just got to think Leonardo was just consumed with this. So again, they're raising their game as well. And he's noticing all these improvements that various parts of Florence are going through. And he's just taking it all in. Speaking of Jesus rising up, uh, if anyone listening to this has not written a review for Marketing the Messiah on IMDb yet, what the fuck is wrong with you? There's only like 35 reviews on IMDb. Hundreds and hundreds of people uh, supported the Kickstarter. You would think at least all of them would have gone and given it a review. No, no, people just don't give a fuck. Mm. Um, Not to mention all the people that listen to all of our podcasts and watch the film. It's if you haven't seen it, it's up on Amazon Prime. Go check it out. Uh, and right, if you have, yeah. write a review because uh, the angry Christians are coming out. My my average review score on IMDb has gone from nine point five out of ten right. to five point five uh, in the last uh, week. Yeah, because the angry Christians right. are They've coming organized. out. They're, yes, they're organized. Yeah. Yes, There's nothing they're worse coming than out. Angry organized Christians. I can tell you from personal experience, people. so go and write a review uh, on imdb or uh on amazon uh you know help me out here i don't ask for much i don't ask for much just all of your money and love (laughs) and uh time and you know adoration that's all i want yeah And people send me these emails all the time going, oh, you've changed my life. Somebody sent me an email the other day. It's lovely saying, wasn't interested at all in history or politics until I discovered your Napoleon show. And now I listen to all your stuff and read your books and learn. I mean, yeah, but that's nice. But uh, what have you done for me lately? Go and leave a fucking review on 
I think this person actually the person who sent me that did come to the uh, screening of the film in Sydney. So, so thank you, thank you, yes. uh, whoever you are. I yeah. can't remember the person's name. Still, I'm sorry. I'm take take two minutes. Go review. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. Leave a rev- leave like two minutes. Just write. Yeah. Like this is uh, this is terrific, and uh, Cameron's the rock star, right. and uh, the angry Christians who are. Right. The, the funny thing is, I've told you before, is the people when I read the angry reviews, they obviously haven't watched it because they're, they're just going completely off. off a, exactly. Yeah, they got off. None of these people have ever read the Bible. I mean, like they're all fucking <laughs> PhD biblical scholars. You twat. <laughs> Like they teach at biblical colleges. Half of them are Christians they are paid to teaching teach. at theological exactly. colleges. You don't even, exactly. they haven't even seen it. They're just writing shit. Yeah. Because of the poster. It just, and the trailer, you know. The, oh, it's got animation, there's humor in it. Oh, that's not right. You can't talk about told Jesus you, with humor. Told you to go with the black Jesus, but you wouldn't listen. So, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Next time. So. <laughs> Um, now, as you say, they actually had quite advanced theatrical engineering, stage engineering in Florence at the time, which I was kind of surprised about. Yeah. Um, Vasari praises a Florentine carper and engineer who finished a festival show with the scene of Christ carried upward from a mountain carved of wood and borne to heaven by a cloud filled with angels. I would be impressed. That's how you end a show. You end it on a big note, a big splash, and someone rising up on stage Fuck me. That's awesome. Yeah. So they obviously, they, uh, people were going all out in yes. Florence with the stage engineering, set design, stage engineering to create massive spectacles. And Leonardo obviously wanted a part of that, whether he was actively involved in it or just thinking about it, designing sure. stuff. We don't really know. But a lot of his engineering stuff in his notebooks may have had theatrical applications. Some of them obviously had military right. applications, agricultural applications, but some of them designed for the theatre because he loved <clears throat> the theatre. Right. But see, and we don't have to go into this, but even some of the um, like the backdrops, I mean, it was three-dimensional props, three-dimensional settings. They had moving objects. Again, actors on wires, that kind of stuff. They had the uh, the perspective when it comes to the backdrop. So the backdrop, the actor, the props, the stage, everything would line up and it would look as realistic as it possibly could. You know something like that is going to attract someone like Leonardo. Even if he just comes, looks, writes stuff in his notebook and leaves, that kind of stuff is going to draw him in and he's going to find it very fascinating. And again, I'm... St- that's amazing. Um, what plays have you seen where they've used some kind of incredible props? I can only think of one that I've been to, but uh, it's amazing they were doing it back in Florence, you know, 500 years ago. Well, look, I was, I, I, I mean, I've seen a lot, but I was really impressed. I uh, only saw it on video with right. Um, Hamilton. Right. Have you seen Hamilton? No, yet? I still, we're, we're saving it for uh, Christmas break. Oh right! Well, it's it's very simple set designs, but very clever. They right. they use a lot of um, uh, like rotating stage uh, stuff. I don't know what you call it, like a like a rotating drum in the middle of the stage. Nice. And there's a lot of stuff moving around in the background. The transitions in scenes are really well done. Right. It's simple, not over the top, but very very clever and very yeah. effective. Um, the other one I remember seeing recently, like we went to see the Book of Mormon earlier this year uh, before lockdown. It was fantastic. Right. The set design for that, um, really complicated and fun. Yeah. Well, which one are you thinking of when you said you've seen one? Um, guy, it was in Richmond, Virginia. Um, Jean Valjean. Give me the give me the. Oh, point. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so the entire stage 
roll uh, goes around. Like I think of it as a giant plate that can spin. So when he's doing his walking scenes, he's walking, the stage starts turning. And so physically he's not moving, even though he is really pumping his legs and he's moving They're They're able to just move things around and make a journey, make it look like they're taking a long journey just because they move the, or they rotate the entire stage. So a group of people can walk and, and the visual effect was pretty amazing. Les Miserables. May, there we go. That's about? what I was thinking about. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I love good theatre. And, of course, the Cirque du Soleil. We went to see oh, yeah. Curious earlier this year before oh, really? the lockdown again, just before lockdown. Right. Uh, Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah, <clears throat> Chrissy's got some friends who work, worked uh, in the Curious production. Uh, unfortunately, it all got shut down and dismantled when COVID right. hit. Shit. Um, that, the couple, uh, it's a lesbian couple that are friends of ours. Uh, they're currently, they've come back to Australia. Uh, one's an American, one's a Kiwi, but they're mm-hmm. back here. And they're working on a cattle station out in That's the middle different. of Queensland. Right? Yeah. Yeah, great couple. They were like, they've gone from touring the world as part of a Cirque du Soleil show. Right. Uh, one of them uh, is a prop, uh, what would you call it? Like she makes, she fixes and keeps the props going. Right. I don't know what, you know, I don't know. Prop management? I don't know. Yeah, that kind of thing. I don't know. And the other one was sort of crowd, you know, control or whatever. But That'd be me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're, they're now working on a cattle farm, basically wow. in the middle of Queensland, uh, herding sheep yeah. and shit, you know. it's Wow. They're great, having a great time. Didn't see that Anywho, coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1472, Leonardo's apprenticeship at Verrocchio's workship, workshop ended. He graduated. Right. But he decided to continue to live and work there. He was on good terms with Verrocchio and the other artists in the workshop. They were all a big family. Yeah. He was also still on good terms with his own father. Right. And in 1472, he registered for the Florentine Painters Guild, the Compagnia di San Luca, mm-hmm. where he called himself Leonardo di Sir Piero da Vinci. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just going to say real quick. So one, he's still got a decent, it sounds like he's still got a decent relationship with his biological father, probably sees him from time to time. And like, just like you said, his master, his former mentor was a very genial, pleasant person who taught him a lot, who took it very seriously. And the, the fact that he could have walked out as a master painter, but stayed speaks a lot about Verrocchio. But I think generally Leonardo was loving life. He's learning, he's getting to experiment with all these things and he's in the place he's in Florence, why change anything? So life is pretty good for him. But like you said, he is now a master painter. He can go out, but he's still, you know, he's still kicking back. I think he's pretty much enjoying where he's at. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, I um, I kind of love uh, the fact that I, I was watching um, some uh, fucking uh, YouTube last night, on, right. like a documentary on Leonardo. Mm-hmm. One of these fucking stupid things where they're like, in the dawn of the Renaissance, there was a man and the guy doing the voiceover like this. And I'm like, oh, fuck Come, come the fuck down. But, yeah. but among, among other extreme errors that they made oh, in this documentary, uh, oh, I could tell you another one in there. But they were talking about, you know, because he was born a bastard, yeah. he uh, had to call himself just Leonardo from Vinci. I'm like, hold on. Yeah. His father called himself Piero da Vinci. His <laughs> grandfather 
was Antonio da Vinci. Yeah, they all slur. called themselves yeah. da Vinci. It wasn't just Leonardo. Right. It's like the the writing backwards thing being a secret code. One of the <laughs> other myths about him is that he was – and I'd heard this before, that he was called da Vinci because he was born a bastard – um, no, that was what the family called themselves. Yeah. They were the people of Vinci. The other funny thing, I, I downloaded one of the books I was using as a source this week was uh, uh, you know the collected works of Leonardo or something. Right. And I'm flicking through it, and the the image of the Mona Lisa that they have in this book is a fake Mona Lisa. <laughs> like what the fuck? It's like a bad, fake uh, Mona Lisa that they've used in this book. Right. <laughs> Not quite, but, you know, you know the famous mural of, of uh, Jesus that some uh, old lady repainted mm-hmm. and uh, did it badly? It kind of looked like that. It was like Aww. somebody had just done a really yeah. bad copy of it, and they put it in this fucking book on Da Vinci. Like, what? Quality and, control. And they're saying this is, yeah, yeah. somebody's yeah. just stuck this in there and gone, oh, it'll do. No yeah. one knows. <laughs> no, Who's be. ever seen the Mona Lisa? No one's going to know the difference. <laughs> Like what? Yeah. Oh, I feel better about now. I said, us. yeah, I said he joined the uh, Florentine Painters Guild. It wasn't actually a guild, right? The Compagnia di San Luca. It was more of a fraternity. Yeah, it's like Animal House. They just oh, yeah. drank Food a fight! lot of beer and sorry, sorry. raped young girls <laughs> or goats. Whatever came first. Yes, Animal House. Yeah, <laughs> they drank a lot of beer and raped young girls. <laughs> Isn't that what fraternity boys Pretty. do in the U.S.? I don't know. We don't have them here. Pretty much. Do you know why we don't have uh, university fraternities here? Because Oh, I know this one. Because you are not pro-rape. <laughs> because they're fucking stupid. That's why they're, we don't have them. Yes. They perpetuate yeah. the elite. Of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good yeah. for you. Look, if you want to drink a lot of beer, rape young girls, and murder civilians, you just join the military here. Um, <laughs> you don't have to join a fraternity. Right. Easier to get into. Yeah. Yeah. They'll take anyone. And I, I think y'all have a good example because we were talking before we started recording. One, y'all have kicked Corona's ass. And two, your government has been financially helping your citizens, I think, roughly since this began or sometime soon after. So obviously Australia's got some things going on for it. And maybe we should, uh, you know, I don't know, copy uh, Australia. Yeah, no, don't do that. No. Um, what am I? How am I going to make fun of you if you get your shit together? That's true. I mean, that's, Th- there'll know. be nothing. Yeah, you'll be a husk of a Who's man. Who's going to be my whipping boy? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If it's not America. <laughs> if you're not fucking it up, it's All right. not America. Yeah. Um, I, we got to wrap this up. We're, we're running oh, out of time, but fuck. I just want to say that um, other members of the painters' fraternity in the year 1472 right. included Botticelli. Ooh. Perugino, Ghirlandaio, Poliwolo, Filippino Lippi, right. son of Filippo Lippi, and Verrocchio himself. The company had been around for a hundred years, and they but they, they wanted to be a guild, but they couldn't be a guild. They were fighting the archaic guild yes. system that existed at the time. Yes. Under the guild system, painters were lumped into the Arte dei Medici e Speciali, yeah, right. which had been founded in 1197 for physicians and pharmacists. So and They're like painters. <laughs> nah, you're basically, you ba- you know, basically <laughs> right. fit into that roughly. Doctor of Canvas? Um, I don't. Sure, come on in. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they wanted their own thing. But I guess that's just indicative of how low the position of artists right. still was in Florence in the 1470s. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even have their own guild. But it's changing. They were just 
It's slowly, well, yes. slowly. Because these people are starting to realize they do add value. And like you said on the last episode, occasionally some of them are being asked for specifically by name. So they are their status is starting to raise. But obviously, um, the, the rules that run Florence still have a lot of catching up to do. And that is the end of episode 110. Next time, 111, uh, we will be talking in a lot of detail about the earliest surviving uh, drawing of Leonardo and the earliest surviving painting that he was involved in. But uh, that'll be next time. Ciao.